Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Barfield, and this is the Christ Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. We hope our show will encourage, challenge, and uplift you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In today's episode, we talk about the world around us, discuss the latest sermon, read some scripture, and as always, we'll spend some time praying. So let's get to it. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everybody! Thank you so much for being here today. Happy New Year to you all, or should I say, more importantly, Happy Epiphany! (laughs) Yes, that's right. For those of you that weren't aware, today is Epiphany Day. So, for all of those wonderful yet fusty people out there that celebrate the church calendar, that observe the church calendar, yesterday was the last day of Christmas, 12 days of Christmas, as you know, which ended yesterday. And that was the last day you were supposed to be giving gifts. I don't know if you're aware of that, but you're supposed to give gifts all the way up until January 5th, and then is Epiphany, which is today. And that's typically the day that Christians celebrate the visit of the wise men, the magi, um, probably not kings, as enshrined in the song, We Three Kings, Uh, but this is the Epiphany, or the realization, the the revelation, excuse me, of the God-man uh, not just to the Jewish people, but to the Gentiles as well. So it's a wonderful thing that takes place uh, on the yearly calendar, and uh, we kind of, uh, as 21st century Christians, often just kind of squish it all together in Christmas. Uh, but on the traditional church calendar, they are separate things, and um, I, I wish you a happy epiphany if if you so choose to observe that. Of course, the meaning also is that we present ourselves as gifts to Jesus, Um, because He's worthy of our service, worthy of our praise, and we want to be used by Him. So I hope your day is filled with celebrating the fact that God has revealed um, Himself to us lowly humans in the person of Jesus Christ, the God-man. And I hope that you always bring gifts to Him, you bring yourself to be used as He sees fit. So lots to talk about on the show today. It's just brimming with good stuff. Don't stand too close to the business end, because this show is about to explode, and, uh, well, maybe it'll be a little disappointing, because it's just me today. (laughs) Our pastor is still out of town. He is, well, I say still, he hasn't been gone that long, but uh, he is out of town with a family vacation in Florida, soaking up the sun's rays, much-needed vacation. I hope he brings some of that sun back to uh, us here in Indiana, because the gray skies are just a little bit much for me. So could use some sunshine, hopefully... God sees fit to have that in the forecast soon. So yes, just you and me today here on the podcast, and I trust our time will be just exquisite. As I said, lots to chat about. We need to get to the sermon. I want to talk about the um, New Year Bible reading plan that we've been talking about a fair amount. Um, But first, I want to hint at something, something really cool that's happening this Sunday, and that's about all I can say about it. So I want you to tune in, either uh, watching online or, or worshiping with us online, or be here in person because we've got a bit of a surprise for you in the service. I can't say much, but uh, what I can say is that it, it is a gift from uh, the church to you all, and Josiah is going to announce it on Sunday morning. So be sure to join us um, online or in person. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, and I think you will be as well. So make sure you're around this Sunday for a little announcement from Christ Community Church, and I think it's exciting. 
Uh, as I mentioned, a Bible reading plan. Wow, this has been fun. Uh, I don't know if, if you've taken us up on this offer, but our church is reading through the Bible this year, and I hope uh, many of you are joining us. I, I've talked to a lot of people that are, which is great, and I don't know how many total, uh, but excited that uh, many people have uh, kind of said, hey, I'm, I'm doing it this year, you know, really committing to it, and that's that's just awesome. Um, and uh, But let me say, <laughs> many of you already have Bible study plans and a Bible reading plan and other personal devotion materials, so don't feel pressured just to, to join in and do this plan just because your church is doing it. I think it'd be great if you did, but if you have something else uh, in place that gets you alone with God and in His Word and in prayer, then that's fantastic. Uh, go 100% for that. But for those that have maybe never read through the whole Bible or want the encouragement of reading uh, through the Bible with fellow church members, then by all means, join us for this reading plan. As you've heard a bunch of times, it's called the Discipleship Journal Bible Reading Plan. It's published by the Navigators. It actually first came out a number of years ago in their magazine called the Discipleship Journal, and they published it each year uh, at the new year. And um, although that journal is no longer in print, they, the, the name stuck, so it's just called the Discipleship Journal Bible Reading Plan, which is a bit of a mouthful, uh, but it's a great plan, very accessible. Uh, it has four different areas in Scripture that you read each day. Uh, each portion is manageable. It's not extraordinarily long. Um, you'll be in the Gospels and wisdom literature each day, which can be helpful when you hit some of those those tough passages uh, like Chronic, First Chronicles or Leviticus or um, some of those uh, passages that have a lot of details in them. Uh, so pick up a copy of that plan uh, at church or download it in your Bible app. You can uh, search for it on the, online. It's not too late to get started. In fact, this plan, it's great for one reason, because, or for many reasons, but for one reason, because you can start any day of the year. So if you just pick it up today, you start today, and then, of course, then you finish January 5th next year. Um, so really, you just read the box, uh, read the scriptures, check boxes uh, until you're done and all the way through the Bible. And there are five days a month to catch up. So if you get a little behind, as uh, is very easy to do. I've done um, through the Bible in a year before, and you're, there are some days where you're like, ooh, I got some catch-up work to do. Uh, that's built in. So it really is a great plan. But whatever you do, let's make 2021 a year where we are all praying and reading, seeking God's face uh, more than ever before. Um, and with a year like 2020 behind us, uh, we sure need it. All right, now, on to the sermon from last Sunday, which was brought to you by yours truly, and uh, I must say it was the first time that I have uh, preached back-to-back in two services like that. I've preached in lots of different types of churches, um, Presbyterian and Baptist and Anglican, etc., but I've never... Uh, preached back to back, and I really enjoyed it. It was it was a lot of fun, if, um, but wow, was it draining! <laughs> I was very tired um, by the end of it all, and um, I was kind of surprised by that. So I, I take that to mean that we should be praying for our pastor on a regular basis, uh, as he does that every week. Preaching two sermons back to back is is indeed tiring, and for pastors really all around the world that are doing this uh, during this era. So pray for strength for Josiah. Pray for his family. Pray for energy. As you know, uh, the devil loves to attack when we're tired, so make sure that we keep Josiah and his family in our prayers. Uh, So the sermon, uh, it was called Have Some Desert, and I already talked to one person that picked up the little play on words that I tried to to have. It was my attempt at 
at being funny with a pun, although I, the more I thought about it, I'm not certain that it, it was a pun, but desert looks a lot like dessert, so have some dessert, have some desert. So anyway, I had to explain the joke, and so that means there's no humor in it. So, oh well, I tried. But yeah, yes, it was called Have Some Desert, uh, and the idea was that the desert places in our lives, um, which could be better translated as desolate places or lonely places in our lives, are actually really important for our walk with God. And that took us to Mark chapter 1, 35 to 39, in the story about Jesus getting up early. As you probably know, we, we spend time each new year talking about uh, spiritual disciplines um, at our church, and uh, I'd kind of like to start the tradition of checking in halfway through the year uh, to you know keep us on track. So maybe we'll talk to Josiah about that. Maybe we can have a sermon sometime in June or July and follow up uh, with the discipleship journal Bible reading plan and all the other spiritual disciplines that we try to have, uh, encouraging us to hang in there. But the gist of the sermon was that Jesus got up early to pray by himself uh, with his Father. And so there's some inter-Trinitarian fellowship there, if you will, and the, the text shows us that he, he recovered from his busy ministry by praying alone. Number two, he focused on his mission by praying alone. And number three, he served others in the strength that he found from praying alone. And of course, the application to that um, is that we too need to find a desolate place, a desert, a wilderness, an alone place to pray to our Father. And the idea was taken from this passage to follow Jesus' spiritual patterns, his rhythms. Uh, But I also mentioned Mark chapter 6 where Jesus specifically told his disciples, come away to a desolate place, a lonely place, an uninhabited place, and rest. You see, they were so busy from the demands of their ministry, their daily life, that they needed to come away, get with God, and rest. So the challenge from the sermon, the application, both for myself and for you, was to find any lonely place that you can. I call it a desert, call it a desolate place. That's all. Those are all symbolic terms. Uh, a, a an alone place, an uninhabited place to meet with God this year. It might be your office, might be your car, your bathroom. Uh, I was joking about having small kids, and so that's the only place you can ever find some alone time. Take your Bible into the bathroom. That'd be that's perfectly fine. Uh, whatever it is, just find it and pray, read the Word, and enjoy God. As I said, this this isn't a transaction. This isn't a, I show up and I deserve this and that from God. It's not that at all. It's you desire God. You want to be with Him. You want to spend time with Him. You get to enjoy Him. And this is one of the the means that we can do that, is by finding a desolate place, an uninhabited place in our lives, to meet with Him. So that was kind of the gist of the sermon, and uh, I enjoyed studying uh, to prepare for the sermon, and uh, hopefully it was helpful to some of you. But I want to dig in a little bit to this idea of the desolate place, and I couldn't go into tons of detail uh, in the sermon, uh, but I know that our listeners here on the podcast, it's a sharp crowd, uh, and we're not, going, we're not going to avoid the weeds today. We're going to go right for the weeds today in the show. So buckle up, and uh, it's the kind of stuff that we typically try to avoid when preaching, uh, because it's not for everybody. I get that. Uh, but in a more um, 
dedicated uh, podcast, we can kind of get into some of the weeds here and um, l- dig in and and learn a little bit. And Josiah and I, are, um, we often talk about, uh, joke about th- the hardest part of preaching um, is knowing what to leave out. It really is. You know, you, you um, when you're simmering in this stuff uh, all week long and you're, you're reading a lot and you're, uh, you know, asking God what you should be preaching on and what you should say, and then you get down to writing the sermon and even delivering the sermon, and you you feel like, man, I left so much out, and I, oh, I wish I could have said this, I wish I could have said that, and either for time's sake or for um, over you know content overload's sake, you know you you have to leave things out, and that's kind of the hardest part about one of the hardest parts about preaching. Uh, so today you're going to get <laughs> some of the stuff that was left on the chopping block, and hopefully it's helpful and uh, interesting to to some people. Um, the first thing I want I wanted to talk about was this idea of a desert, a desolate place, and and this is where we can you know we can let our hair down and talk about Greek, right? <laughs> so that this word for desert or desolate place is eremos in Greek, and E R E M O S eremos, and you could probably Google that and uh, find the actual uh, Greek letters if you want, but I won't bother with that. The idea is that this word eremos can be uh, translated into multiple different types uh, or multiple things, and I've mentioned pretty much all of them: wilderness, des- desert, desolate place, uninhabited place. Uh, but the idea is that when you're there, you're alone. It's not full of people. It's not full of distractions. Um, and so that was what I was trying to get at in the sermon: was that you really need this type of place to be with God. You, you have to hear from Him, and you hear from Him in the very least <laughs> through the Word, through His Word. Uh, and if there are constant distractions, whether it's a phone that's constantly going off or news in the background or um, wonderful blessings of children that need your help with something, it's hard to be alone with God. And so uh, that's why we saw in this passage this um, this word was used as a desolate place. And um, I mentioned that the word hermit actually comes from this word for eremos, has to do with Greek morphology, uh, but the two words are are related and it, uh, via the French language, and eventually it came to us as hermit. So this idea of uh, being alone and being a hermit uh, are kind of joined together in this word throughout Scripture with Eremos, with this desert or desolate place. And if you go back even to the Old Testament, this concept is still there. Now, it's a different word because it was a different language. Um, most of the Old Testament written in Hebrew, a little bit in Aramaic, um, but the word for wilderness um, is actually translated in the Septuagint, which, if you know the Septuagint, is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. So uh, if you find the word in Hebrew that means wilderness, and then you go to the Greek translation of that, which is called the Septuagint, uh, you would find the word for eremos. Okay? So the, it's it's very very much related. In fact, the, the uh, Old Testament Hebrew term for the book of Numbers is actually in the wilderness. It's just, it's one word, but it's in the wilderness. You know, we call it the book of Numbers because there are a lot of numbers in it, uh, but in the Old Testament, Old Testament, it it actually is called in the wilderness. And so there, again, is that um, that word, eremos, um, which is often used for wilderness. So uh, it, it kind of has a lot of overlap with what we see in the Old Testament, Israel being in the, in the wilderness, which I mentioned in the sermon, and um, Elijah being out in the wilderness, and then in the New Testament, John the Baptist, and others being alone in the wilderness, and how important that is. 
Interestingly, at least I think it's interesting, maybe you won't, I don't know, but interestingly, uh, there has been a spiritual tradition that has developed around this idea, and I hinted at it in the sermon, I said it's called desert desert theology or desert spirituality, I don't remember exactly what I said, Um, but our Catholic friends have this in their heritage, it's called a desert spirituality, those that go out into the desert as part of their personal piety. And I have a little bit of a problem with with some of that, um, and I'll talk about that in a second, Uh, but there's a whole tradition based on this desert spirituality. And how awesome is this? And now, this is cool. This is one of those uh, twists of fate where you're just like, wow, that's cool. So here we are, Christ Community Church in Carmel, Indiana, all right, and one of the Catholic traditions is called Carmelite spirituality. Is that not so cool? Of course, as you know, uh, Carmel comes from Mount Carmel, where Elijah um, met with God and did battle with the prophets of Baal, and so often biblical names are transferred down to places uh, throughout history, and we happen to be in Carmel, Indiana. And there's a tradition within the Catholic Church called the Carmelite tradition, Carmelite spirituality, and it's based on the life of Elijah, where God met with him uh, out in the wilderness and then from Carmel, actually went to Mount Nebo or uh, Mount Sinai and and met with God. Um, so anyway, it, how, how cool is that? Here we are in Carmel, and there's a Carmelite tradition. So it's serendipity, baby. It's meant to be. We're supposed to we're supposed to be alone this year, worshiping God. Well, kind of. That's halfway there, and that's kind of how I close the sermon. Um, I'm fine, hundred percent fine with this idea of desert spirituality. You know, get alone with God. Be alone and and really talk with Him and wrestle through things with Him. That's awesome. That's a great part, but that's only half of it. How are you serving? Like, that to me is the key, because as we saw at the end of the passage in Mark 1, Jesus didn't just go out to the desolate place to be with God. He came back after His time and then served others. I mean, this is the the greatest commandment and the second greatest commandment. Love God and love others. It's not love God and love ourselves enough to keep being really pious, okay? That's part of it, but it's love God and love others. We're supposed to be going out and serving, and it might be serving your kids. It might be serving your fellow church members or your neighbor um, next door or across the street or downtown that, that has needs, whatever it might be. But the point is, the desert isn't the goal. The desert place isn't the end of our spirituality. It's kind of, in some ways, the start of it. We go out there to recover, to focus, and then come back to serve. Um, So as we incorporate this idea, uh, let's not leave out this year the idea of being servants, because that's the point anyway. As we said, Jesus came to serve, and Paul tells us to have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, be a servant, right? We're, we're supposed to serve others, uh, and we're supposed to serve God by serving others. So uh, don't let a desert place or a desolate place be the goal. Uh, let it be part of the process. Let it be one of the means that God uses uh, to build His kingdom uh, here in Carmel, Carmelite spirituality. Um let let the desolate place, the lonely place, be something that God uses in your life to meet the needs that are around you. And so hopefully that was helpful. I, you know, again, there's so much more we could talk about um, regarding uh, this word Erebus and this idea of a wilderness or a desert. But uh, if you get the idea that, yeah, you're supposed to go out there, but then you're supposed to serve others, 
And so if you incorporate that into your spiritual discipline this year, then you'll be good to go. And of course, all of it's done by God's grace. None of it is our own strength. Like I said, it's not transactional. We don't ever deserve anything uh, from God, but because He loves us, He gives us His grace and gives us uh, His Son uh, so that we can enjoy Him. Uh, One other thing that I didn't get to include in the sermon, and uh, I felt like it was so important, but I had to leave it out for whatever reason, and you know, maybe this is... um, this is playing a uh, uh, catch-up work here a little bit. There's there's also this idea of a spiritual desert, a spiritual lonely place, and a lot of us have been there. A lot of us maybe are there right now. There are times in in our lives where we feel spiritually uh, like we're in a desert, um, and that's okay. We've talked about this a few times back in, on the podcast, and we were, uh, I think, quoted Psalm 42, and um, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you at turmoil within me? Um, and so there is this idea of spiritual depression, a spiritual loneliness um, that is very real in our lives from time to time, and it's not a bad thing. Uh, it, it doesn't, it's not abnormal, let me put it that way. However, it doesn't mean we have to stay there, and it doesn't mean we can waste that time. Um, and this is maybe hard to hear, but hopefully it's it's helpful and encouraging. If you're in a spiritual uh, desert right now, if you feel very spiritually alone, um, don't waste that time. Go to God, just like if it, as if it were a real desert and you're searching and searching and searching for water or food or shelter or whatever. Let God be your food. Let God be your water. Let God be your shelter. Um, in some ways... If you have a, a spiritually uh, alone time in your life, uh, you know, spiritual depression, whatever you want to call it, in some ways you're, you're at an advantage to those that uh, seem to have it all together. Those that seem to have it all together are often the most distracted. Uh, but if you're wrestling through dark and deep issues, then that's a time that God really wants to meet with you. So don't waste it. Meet with God. Um, in that place, and it might be it might be difficult, it might be painful, um, but let, please be encouraged. And these are all words of encouragement. It's not an, a heavy yoke to to try and, and lay on your shoulders. That's not my intention at all. Uh, but it's supposed to be an encouragement. Um, you're not alone. It's normal. Look to the Psalms. Right, this is in the Psalms. We see it all the time. Uh, this spiritual depression or spiritual desolate place. Uh, and you don't have to waste it. It's not wasted a lean years. God redeems these years or these times in our lives and uh, wants to use it for His glory and for your good. So be encouraged that God is up to something. Talk to Him about it. Meet Him in His Word. Wrestle through these issues that are in your life with Him. But then, and this is the same for the rest of us that might not be in a spiritual dark place right now, get out and serve. <laughs> the The goal is never ourselves. The goal is always others, first Jesus, then others. Um, and so even if you're in a, in a, in a difficult, lonely time uh, in life, get out and serve. And uh, I know for the times that I've been in, in lonely, t- uh, lonely places, uh, serving others does wonders for your soul. It does wonders uh, for your mind. You know, mental health is, is one of the main things people talk about these days, especially in the COVID era. And uh, one of the best ways to have uh, good mental health is by serving others. Um, so that's my encouragement, and it's one thing that I didn't get to fit into the sermon. Um, but if you're in a spiritual desert, a spiritual lonely place, 
uh, chin up because God wants to meet you there, and uh, it's time that can really be instrumental in your life. So I hope that's encouraging to you, and I hope it's a, a blessing as we set off into this new year, as we try and have the discipline of finding a, a, a lonely, uninhabited, desolate place in our lives, the Aramos, the wilderness, and um, pray that God uses it uh, for His glory and our good uh, in 2021. Next up, we want to spend a few moments in God's Word. The Word of God shapes us. It builds us up. It reveals Jesus to us, so we know that every ounce of it is crucial to listen to. And today we're going to read Psalm 63, one of the passages that we referenced in the sermon on Sunday. And I invite you to meditate on these words as I read them. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult for the mouths of liars will be stopped. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the one thing that I wanted to point out in this passage, as it seems obvious, it's about seeking for God and um, being thirsty and hungry for Him in a dry land, uh, but there's a corporate nature to this text, and it's easy to to kind of get distracted when we talk about you know, our own spiritual disciplines and, you know, checking the boxes of reading different passages in Scripture, and we all, we feel like it's all about us, me, myself, and I. Uh, But even in this passage, we know that um, we're not alone. So think of this place, this psalm in spiritual history, or in the history of Israel. This is King David, and he's the anointed king over God's people, and he's always thinking about God's people. So in verse 11, the king, so here, the king of Israel, shall rejoice— Okay, all who swear by him. So there, there's the king and there's Israel. And of course, we know that as we pitch this forward uh, into, um, into history, we see Jesus as the king and Jesus as Israel, and uh, the, everything is fulfilled in him, and we are all in him, and so we're all unified, united to Christ. And so there's this corporate nature, even to this psalm, that seems very personal about, you know, oh God, you are my God, and earnestly I seek you but there still is a corporate nature to this psalm. And so the goal of searching for God, the goal of being satisfied in God, doesn't just stop with you, doesn't just stop with me. It's all of us coming together to be more like Jesus, or as in New Testament terms, um, a bride for Jesus with all of the wrinkles ironed out. And that's the point of your personal walk. That's the point of all the spiritual discipline. It's not you it's Jesus. You are part of it, 
Um, but the point is Jesus and his bride. And of course, then we get the joy of playing our part by enjoying God and serving one another. As I close, we want to pray for you. We know that God works mightily through prayer, and so we want to spend a few moments in prayer. And I invite you to pray along with me as I pray. Father, first we thank you that we can call you Father. Thank you that you loved us enough to send your Son to come after us, really to serve us. Lord, we didn't deserve to be served, and yet you served us. So we give you praise for that today. We thank you that we can call you our God. We thank you that we can seek you earnestly. We thank you that you satisfy us with rich food. Lord, as we confessed on Sunday, sometimes this isn't the case in our lives. And in my life, I know that there are many times I don't desire you as I should. And so I confess that and ask for more and more grace, not just for successful disciplines, but to desire you more and more. Lord, I pray that on behalf of our listeners today, that all of us would desire you, that we would find pleasures at your right hand forevermore. Lord, I pray for each person that you would give us all discipline this year, um, give us more of your grace to be disciplined, um, to spend more time in your word, fellowshipping with you, enjoying you, praying with you more. Um, Lord, as we start a new year, we often um, have high goals and lofty dreams, and those sometimes drown out the reality of what we're trying to do, which is enjoy you. And so please keep Jesus in front of our eyes. Let us keep looking to him, uh, the author and finisher of our faith. So we just give you praise for all that you are for us. We thank you for a new year uh, where we get to assess where we are and... um, lay out plans as best as we can, uh, knowing that that uh, it's your plans that will prevail. So help us to trust you more and more, help us to love you more and more, help us to be satisfied in you alone. We ask all these things in the great name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed this, we invite you to share it with family and friends. To learn more about our church, visit us online at christcommunitycarmel.org. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, we'd love for you to visit us on a Sunday morning. And join us again next week for the Christ Community Podcast. Until then, the peace of Christ be with you, and God bless.